welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavalier Central. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Daily Thunder, Knock a Few Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, At the Buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. Plus, our coaching focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A R. Y-S-E.com. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm your host Justin Matcham and here with me this afternoon, it is afternoon now, Dan Galinsky and Robbie DiPola. Robbie, what is up? Not much man, how's it been? It's been a little while since we've last talked. It has been a little while, I'm doing well, glad to hear you're doing the same. Uh, Dan, how have you been? All good man, all good. Thanks for having me. Glad to hear it, glad to hear it. Well, the Cavs aren't all good. Um, in fact, they're <laughs> mostly bad at this point. Um, losses to the Wizards and Heat this week. They are now 21-43. and 43. Pull up the scores real quick. Lost to the Wizards, 122-93. Lost to the Heat, 124-107. Uh, both these games had their moments, and they also had the moments where it just kind of slipped away. The third quarter being kind of the, the killer in the first game, and I guess the second game as well. But... Um, yeah, overall, we talked about it last <laughs> last episode. We are we are in the midst of the tank right now, and this is just what we're going to kind of have to deal with. Um, I guess we can start with, though, obviously Garland being out in the second game. Uh, Cavaliers were kind of left to play point guard by committee, especially not playing Jeremiah Martin at all. We'll get into that in a little bit as well. Um, Colin Sexton. And Jetty Osmond basically took over the roles of the primary guards in this game. Uh, both of them ended up with a high assist of totals. Jetty Osmond had 11. Uh, Colin Sexton had 8. But, uh, Robbie, I'll start with this. Uh, what did you think of kind of going back to the Sexton as the primary ball handler here in the second game with Garland out? <clears throat> I think we've seen uh, when they've both been healthy, it's been uh, Sexton's definitely been better, at least in my opinion, when he plays off the ball more and doesn't have to be relied upon as the main assist guy or looking to make plays for others. Uh, but he did play well. He dished out eight assists, as you said. Um, I don't know if that's a role he can sustain just because I think he looks to score more. His passing and 
court vision have improved over the years, but I just don't ever see him as having that role consistently of being a guy who could dish out seven, eight assists. Um, if he if he has to play that these last nine, ten games, I think he can be okay. But over a full season, I don't know if that's something he could sus- he could sustain. Yeah, I'm not sure that you know. I'm, I'm not sure he'll ever be asked to do that, you know, by himself ever again. Uh, right. I thought, like you said, he, he played well last night, 25 and eight, and For four sure, rebounds yeah. as well. Two or not, yeah, two steals and a block. Uh, overall, looked good. And when you have him on ball that much, you're going to have the moments where he gets tunnel vision. Uh, but course. I thought he also made some really, really good reads and some good passes. And obviously, he had eight assists. You know, he was he was moving the ball as well. It's just. I do agree with you, Robbie. With Garland on the floor, Sexton is just kind of relegated to that off-ball role where I think he has been most effective this season, and we're just kind of used to seeing him in that role at this point. Right, so, right. Seeing him back on ball just and, and being dominant, I, you get the reports you know, of, of you know Varden saying that various Cavs players were still frustrated by you know the way that he dominates the ball during games. Dan, what do you make of a report coming out like that after this one game where Sexton is kind of on the ball again? Do you, do you take anything from that? No, I just think this is Joe Varden doing what he does uh, and seems to do whatever he can to be anti-Cavs. Um, I just think that kind of paints to more of a national audience for him, which, okay, whatever. Um, I, I don't read much into it at all. Um, I Everybody loves to say how um, Collins ball dominant. I, I don't really know too many guards that are paid to score the basketball that are not ball dominant. Frankly, it's it's kind of like there are not many Clay Thompsons out there. You're gonna not everybody can dribble a ball eight times and be be successful um, consistently. And the other question I have to it is, who the hell does Colin Sexton have to pass the ball to? Uh, this team, Kevin Love, their best shooter in theory, you would think. I still think he is. Um, had 22 minutes in that Wizards game where he didn't shoot. Uh, so how are you going to grill Colin here? Um, this team offensively, J.B. Bickerstaff has been a disaster for a while. And I'm not – like, I have to be honest. He's been terrible um, for a while at this point. Um, and – I'm not going to completely grill him. I don't think he should be fired or anything. I think he needs to get another season, really, um, due to the shooting issues this team has had. And Jetty Osman is a massive reason for that. Um, I would be reluctant passing the ball to Jetty Osman myself. Um, so, I, in I love Jared Allen. I don't know like who these various players are. Um, I, I'm just trying to think of key guys that might be. Um, and he's not really a shooter outside of six feet. Has really great touch. Um, but it is just kind of odd because Collins' vision has really notably improved um, over the years, as Robbie touched on. Um, and I think he's made a lot of strides in that regard. So I just think this is more of a – with the Cavs, what have they lost six straight? Um, I, I think Varden kind of touching on that kind of almost makes it seem where it's just kind of like a footnote and you – know, Season or close to the season where the team is just completely riddled by injury and just broken down, kind of. Yeah, I, I do just think it gets highlighted more so, you know, like we said, but it the reason that it's highlighted in the first place is because Garland is out and you're moving him primarily on the ball. I mean, this is what 
Colin has been doing all season, and he played a good game, and yes, he, he misses some reads, and sometimes he does get that tunnel vision because he can score the ball, and he probably will score the ball. Um, looking at the other guy in the Heat game particularly who, again, kind of shared that primary playmaking role with Colin was Jetty, who I think we, we've, again, been talking about kind of trying to find the right role for Jetty and finding what he does best. Obviously, we know what a you know roller coaster the shooting is that's a lot more bad than good, especially as of late. But that's a not lot a of fun last night. That's not a very fun roller coaster ride for the record. No, it, <laughs> it, it's, it's not. It's not. It's not. Um, Pretty rickety. But <laughs> but Jetty did get eleven assists last night. I mean, his, his stat line fifteen, seven, and eleven, like rock solid. Again, you know, some poor shooting numbers as a whole, uh, especially from deep. You know, where he's continued to struggle. But Robbie, would you agree that that kind of pseudo point forward like? primary playmaking role is kind of best for Jetty at this point? Yeah, it it was kind of encouraging to see him be able to dish out 11 assists uh, like that. To be honest, I really didn't know he had that role in him. Like, I mean, he's shown at times this year that he can make good passes and he has decent vision, but uh, I would hope it's a role he could sustain because I I, I think that's maybe the only role he he, he might have left. Uh, I, he's not a starter. He's a guy who can hopefully come in. I mean, I think he played almost thirty eight minutes last night, and that's definitely. I mean, obviously, you guys have you you have players who are out, so he has to play those minutes. But yeah, he he's a guy who I I I could see maybe playing fourteen sixteen minutes a night. Uh, get in a role where he can score, but he can also pass and f- feed other players uh, for easy looks. Uh, yeah, this role uh, is probably what he's got left on this team, so I hope he can embrace that and uh, get more consistent with that moving forward into next season. Mm-hmm. And. You know, I think that he will get an opportunity to kind of show that this the rest of the way here. Even if Darius Garland comes back and, and pushes Jetty to the bench. Right. You look at, you know, the guys who we're without at this point. I mean, Darius Garland is hurt right now. But, you know, looking the rest of the way, we don't know when Isaiah Hartenstein and Lamar Stevens are going to be back. Um, Dylan Windler, Larry Nance, Tarion Prince are obviously out. But looking at the other playmaker, you know, Matthew Delvadova might not be back this season. Obviously dealt with a neck strain. Um and we'll talk about it in a little bit, but Fedor kind of suggested that we might not see Delhi play again this season. So when you look at the guys off the bench, you can kind of fill that role as far as, you know, guards who maybe have some playmaking juice off the bench. You've got Broderick Thomas and Jeremiah Martin, I think, and, and, and Damian Dotson. I should mention Damian Dotson as well, but I think you're probably best off kind of using Jetty in that role, at least the rest right. of the way here. And, yeah, I can you know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see where it goes, you know, past this season, but um, right. Yeah, I know we've talked about it at this point, but do you see anybody else? Kind of, do you, do you see a better role for Jetty at this point, at least the rest of the way this season? Well, yeah, I mean, as, as Robbie touched on, they, they're so banged up. Um, there's he's going to have to play heavy minutes, um, kind of by default. Uh, I guess at this point you might as well see um, kind of from an evaluation standpoint what you have, um, if that's at all viable for him um, as kind of like a spot starter that can do that sort of stuff. Um, we've hit on this kind of ad nauseum. He, he's, he is 6'8", so he does have 
um, that kind of added enhanced vision to hit those um, kind of skip feeds to like the weak side corner. Um, does have the capabilities to, to throw passes over the top. I, I thought his um, passes kind of with Isaiah Hardenstein um, when he was in there with him, I, I thought they had kind of a nice two-man game in that way. Um, showed some nice kind of quick trigger feeds to Jared Allen in that magic game that kind of sparked, I thought, brought some energy in that comeback effort. Um, but, yeah, I think at this point it's kind of by default. Um, might as well see what you have in him. Um, can you kind of manufacture some kind of swing-swing stuff? Um, but, yes, the scoring limitations are uh, just glaringly apparent, and um, the struggles there, um, 6 of 13, which is fine. That, that was, I think with him, though, it's just – it's really key for him to to have to get to the line. Um, when he's not doing that, it it's very reliant on perimeter shooting, and uh, we just it's We've just seen very, how that's gone the whole year. <laughs> yes, yeah, just rickety to say the least. Well, I think we can at least say that Kevin Love bounced back and had a good game here against the Heat. Ended up with twenty five points. I don't know if he's how many times has he hit 20 this season even? Has he hit 20 this year? I don't know. I'd, yeah, I'd but, have to um, go back and look. I can't think off the top of my head. <laughs> but, you know, 9 for 14 from the field, 7 to 10 from 3. You know, came down with 6 rebounds, 3 assists. Uh, after a game against the Wizards where he played 22 minutes and didn't shoot the ball, um, it, it was good to see him kind of just play his normal game again. And it was good to see him finally get, you know, the three ball to fall. Obviously, just something that had been a struggle for him up to this point in the year. Um, and obviously, Robbie, we had the, the tantrum. I won't even say the tantrum, but the little outburst against the Raptors where he just kind of flicked the ball in, in frustration. Um, what do you make of Kevin Love at this point, Robbie? Um, again, it's just it seems like it's something different every night at this point. Obviously, we've had the shooting struggles. We have a night last night where he, or not last night, but two games ago where he doesn't shoot the ball at all. You have a game against the Heat where he puts up 25 and is on fire from deep. What do you, what do you make of him at this point? I, I think you're spot on. Like it's just something different you're gonna you see with him every night. And like I, I don't want to overreact to what happened the other night against Toronto, but it's just like it seems like he has outbursts and whatever that he has. Uh, throughout the season and it's just like he plays well but then and he's a good guy like but he he just has these little outbursts that are like it's that's not what the leader of a team should do and he whether he likes it or not he's a guy that people are going to look up to because he has NBA finals experience he's played in the league for over a decade and so when you see what he does last night, that's really encouraging, but you don't know what you're going to get from him on a night-to-night basis. And that's what's kind of frustrating because you know he has the talent and the capability to put up 25 points, hit 7 to 10 from 3, grab 10 rebounds, and be that guy that people look up to, but you just don't know what you're going to get from him on a night-to-night basis. Like, it's nothing personal i think he's a good guy off the court what he does advocating for mental health and all that but 
it's just frustrating because he seems to just bounce from one mood to another. Like he's engaged one night. He's not one night. He's passive aggressive another night. And it's just, you don't know what you're going to get from him. What do you make of the situation, Dan? Yeah. Robbie really hit it. Um, nailed all of it. Uh, does seem like a, like a really good guy off the floor. I'm with Robbie on that when he's done, um, in the kind of mental health realm is, is very um, admirable. I, I appreciate all he does in that way. Really um, helps countless people, of course. Um, so you have that element, which is great from him, but um, uses his platform for good in that way, which is great. Um, but it just seems like he, it's almost the other way with the Cavs. Like his, his stance or stances game to game are, um, generally good, but then you have these little, uh, just kind of uh, almost, I, I, I want to say like brain fart kind of things where you need to realize like the magnitude of what you're doing. Um, and I, and we all know that basketball is going to be an emotional game. It's, it's going to be bang, bang stuff. Something sometimes, um, I guess he might just kind of throw something under the rug, um, in that way, but. At this point, you're, what, 32, um, all the accomplishments he's had, he needs under, he, he just needs to be more um, self-aware in that way that you're a guy that young guys look up to um, and you need to just kind of not have these instances um, and because it, it really did, it, it seems like since that point, um, the, the Cavs were, it was going by the wayside anyway. We knew that, but that was just a really kind of key moment. It really kind of marked just really where we are. I feel yeah, like they've pretty much been blown out since at this rate. And, um, the Garland injury the other night against the Wizards was, was kind of, that was backbreaker, no doubt. But, um, and we'll have to see what the deal is with that for him. But yeah, with, with love, it's, there's just the, the the inconsistencies this year has been terrible. I mean, he's had the high he's had. He has not scored 20 points in a game this season, which, quite frankly, is, I mean, aside from that game yesterday, is pretty inexcusable. I, I understand that he's had the injury issues, but um, you need to be more of more present for your guys than that. And um, the I think this is by far like a – like he's finished inside well on the season, but this is by far like the lowest, least volume in the restricted area he's had um, in his career. And for him to be shooting, having a true shooting percentage it with the shooter he is and primarily more of like a catch and shoot guy to have that be under 55 is honestly not acceptable. It's it's been a struggle, and we did actually we saw a couple post ups and not really in the restricted area. But Kevin Love, we, I was, what I was trying to say is we we did get a couple post ups against the Heat, uh, which is just something we straight up haven't seen a lot of this year. And I think it gets back to the point of you know Kevin is not the offensive rebounder that he was. I mean, looking at the Heat game, he did. Oh, he's an nothing offensive, offensive rebounder. rebounder. So. Yeah, I mean, in either of these games that we're talking about, he's not you know grabbing those offensive rebounds anymore. So. It's hard for him to get shots in the restricted area because he's not a cutter. He's again, he's he's getting some post ups, but a lot of his post ups are kind of 
Well, they're just outside the restricted area. He's not. Yeah, he, they're switch outs and they're fadeaways, and he's not really getting into the paint. Outside of that, he's on the perimeter, so you're not going to get those those close looks at the rim just because it's not the game he plays anymore. Um, we'll we'll kind of shift over though. I want to talk a little bit about just because I I don't think we've had you on Robbie since the Broderick Thomas signing. Even what have you thought of Broderick Thomas? Um, someone who, again, we're getting a better look at right now just because of the situation. Obviously, he's getting you know his little share of minutes a night. Have you liked what you've seen from him? Yeah, I mean, he's he's a decent-looking uh, guard. Uh, give you decent minutes just looking here. I think his high was the other night against Toronto. He played 16 minutes, had nine points, decent effort. Um He's a guy, and he's a player who you need to look at, especially now with all these guys who are hurt. He's a guy you can definitely look at and say, okay, what do we have here? Um, Like, uh, he hasn't played much looking back. I mean, looking back into March and all that. Yeah, he wasn't playing a ton then. He was playing. 27, 31, 20 minutes. So he was playing some, hasn't played a ton uh, in the last month or so. But uh, he, I would definitely expect to see him get some minutes down the stretch. Like I said, just to see what you have with him. Uh, we're at a point with the Cavs where you just need to take a flyer on these young players who have potential and see what sticks. Uh He's a guy who's been good, and um, I would expect to see him get some time down the stretch just to see what they've got uh, moving forward. Yeah, I think that, that and obviously, still raw as a player, but we've we've seen the shooting capabilities from him continue to be there. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the defensive flashes as well, I think, are good. He's he's long enough on defense to you know has some instincts to make plays occasionally on that end. Uh, so I, I do agree with you. Is just a, a, an interesting guy. Um, talking about other guys who you know we, we thought might be getting some run right now, Jeremiah Martin in this game against the Heat, a DNP coach's decision in a game where the Cavaliers had you know Colin Sexton, Damian Dotson, and Jetty Osmond taking on point guard responsibilities. Uh, against the Wizards, he played 12 minutes, had you know, four points, I believe, two assists, a steal, um, but overall. Wasn't terribly impressed by anything we've seen from Jeremiah Martin personally at this point. Um, I think, you know, well, obviously we had the mess where I think he he took a technical free throw and he missed that. And then he got to the line like the next possession and missed both his free throws again. Uh, And and the shooting struggles are apparent. You know, he's I don't think he's made an outside shot or at least not from three yet. Uh, Even in some mid-range shots, we've seen him struggle. Obviously, we, we talk about the first step and being, you know, really, really quick and being able to get to the rim. Uh, I think he's able to do that sometimes, but he's also so thin to where it's kind of hard for him to, like, go through contact, and he just kind of bounces off and takes those little, again, just those little short jumpers that, you know, don't always fall either. Um, And I think I I would have expected to see him play in this game against the Heat, but I don't know. I don't know exactly what to make of it at this point. Just I don't know what the coaching staff sees in him. Um, but it seems troubling that he didn't even get any run uh, in this Miami game, another game where they didn't really even, you know, by the end they didn't have a chance of winning and they didn't even put him in, in garbage time. So, Dan, what have you thought of Jeremiah up to this point again? Obviously we haven't seen him play a ton, but in the 12 minutes that we did see him play in that Wizards game, what did you think? 
Well, I think he, yeah, again, is a guy that is very um, reliant on trying to get into the paint, get to the rim. Um, I, I think, yeah, the, the quickness does stand out, though, when I see him play, um, but is not definitely not a guy that's going to be like a viable perimeter shooter, really, um, has not been in his career, really, in, in that um, career at Memphis, um, nor in the G League. So um, it, it's just kind of more of that. Um, but I think it's a guy that I'd like to see get some run here uh, just because he's a guy that you brought in. You might as well, uh, I mean, with them pretty much signing Anderson Verjao for a farewell tour, you might as well get um, some pick and roll with him and Verjao. What the hell? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Verjao in a minute. But, um, Robbie, what have you thought of Jeremiah Martin up to this point? Have you have you liked what you've seen of do you think he has a real chance of sticking around past this offseason? You know, that's a great question. Um, again, like you guys have hit on, he misses three free throws, which is kind of confusing. He goes 0 of 2 from deep, 2 of 5 shooting. Not the most I will impressive say, performance. In that game, he did hit a 3 uh, that was like after the dead ball – a, a whistle was blown, and like after the play, oh, he yeah, did make right. a three. So he did. We we have seen him hit one from out there, <laughs> just not one that counted yet. Just, just not, not one, one that counted. counted. Yeah, um, yeah. Again, I said this with uh, Broderick that uh, he. This is a guy you're just gonna should hopefully give some time to down the stretch to see what you have. And like you guys said, it was kind of confusing that he did not play last night considering the slew of guys that are currently out for the Cavs right now. You sign this guy and then you don't use him. That's kind of confusing to me. Uh, He does have some potential. I mean, he did put up some, uh, some decent stats uh, this season uh, on the 18 point, like 18 point five assists in 15 games in the bubble. So the talent is there. Um, I, I, I just don't know. I mean, it's if you're not going to play him when you can, when you got a bunch of guys hurt, I, I, what's the point of having him on the team? So I, I hope he does get some looks uh, in these last few games um, before that 10-day contract ex- expires. Well, he's on a two-way. Oh, on a two-way. Okay, so they did sign him to a two-way. Yeah, so especially with that, I, I would hope they give him some time. Uh, to see what they've got and to not even let him play last night is uh, kind of confusing to me. So hopefully they get him some time and he can show what uh, he did uh, in the bubble this year because the talent apparently is there. They just got to give him the time. Yeah, I, I definitely think that – well, hopefully we will see him back in the rotation at some point. Just You'd being, like to like think. Like you said, Robbie, just with the amount of guys out, you want to see what you can get from them. But Exactly. I, I understand bringing him in, you know, the idea of having a scoring guard, especially with Delhi out right now, um, who can just – and with Tarian out even, just who can provide a little bit of off, instant offense off the bench. Uh, I think it will just be interesting to see if, you know, he is really able to get to the rim uh, consistently because without that, uh, I, I don't really see much in him at all. So, right. I don't know. It'll be interesting to, to kind of see – where we go with him the rest of the way here. I, you yeah. you got to expect it'll start to get minutes. You'd, um, you'd like to think. 
Especially, I mean, when the alternative is Damian Dotson, who, you know, played 23 minutes last night. Uh, Damian Dotson, by the way, back to airballing threes. Uh, we had a nice three-game stretch where he started hitting, you know, a respectable clip. But we are, at least last game, we, we, we have returned to, how the heck did you miss that badly, Damian Dotson? So, <laughs> right. Let's talk about Fiondu Cavangale, why don't we? Um, Dan, I called it. The Cavaliers have signed Cavangale to a multi-year deal. Um, he finished up his second 10-day. They signed him to, I believe, a three-year deal. Um, I'm not sure of the exact amount that they're signing or that they're paying him this year. They signed him with the mid-level, not the minimum. So they could sign him for a little bit more than you know the absolute minimum they could make this year. But is under contract for the next two seasons, um, non-guaranteed, meaning they could they could waive him at any time. I haven't seen the guaranteed dates yet. I'm assuming it'll be January 10th on those. So they could you know basically waive him at any point. Uh, and not have to pay for the rest of his contract, which is nice. But um, I don't know. I think, you know, as we've continued to watch Kevin Gale a little bit more, and especially in these couple games where he's gotten some more run, uh, I, I think I, I'm slowly warming up to, you know, seeing a little bit more Kevin Gale. Um, like I think he's getting a little bit more comfortable on the floor. I think, you know, maybe part of it was just kind of adjusting to teammates at first. Uh, and obviously, he really didn't do much at all in this game against the Heat. Uh, played 12 minutes, didn't make a shot, only took one three. But um, I don't know. I, I think we kind of continue to see those shooting flashes. They're kind of there. Um, I don't know. He's a decent rebounder. You know, he can at least guard fives respectably. Um, not much offensive game outside of the outside shot. You know, he can finish okay around the rim off an offensive rebound or whatever. Uh, did get four offensive rebounds against the Wizards, by the way. But, Dan, are, are you warming up at all to the thought of Kevin Gailey being around for a little while? Well, I, I'm, I've am i kind of soured on him um, just from my my perspective. Just looks, um, for a guy that's essentially like an undersized five, looks to me just very limited um, in terms of the lateral agility. Um, I, I just, I don't, like Austin Carr, who... Uh, the guy is very entertaining, um, absolutely horrendous commentator. But um, a, a Austin Carr slander, really, Dan. He he makes good observations though in saying like how Jared Allen moves very laterally, like like in the paint well for a five. Which yes, guys he does. Do need to have that. That was a very astute observation. I thought um, Kevin Gilly just doesn't do that. Uh, and if you can't do that, and he's six nine, so. And not really like a floor spacer, nor have like any handle at all. That's not great. We um, did see it, the fast break. We saw the fast break. He got a steal. Didn't, yeah. Almost dribbled off his foot, but didn't. He didn't. And finished right. coast to coast. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I guess we'll say. <laughs> um, but at least with Dean Wade last year, I, I think that's just kind of like the direction here is you kind of think like maybe he can be like a have like a Dean Wade situation where he can be a viable contributor next year, uh, maybe down the road. It would, just given the structure of the deal, I think is kind of what it is. But at least with Lamar Stevens and Dean Wade, um, in the first seasons, there were, there were definitely flashes of legit skill sets that you could see th- what they were thinking. Um, I'm just not seeing it with Captain Gale. And I guess he, he's getting the run um, due to the injuries here. Um, just But just the lack of 
multi-positional stuff. I, I think that just is very apparent. And um, I, I don't really know if he's actually like a viable rim protector. It's it's hard for me to say that. And whenever he actually gets um, – it, it didn't happen in that Washington game. I give him credit for it. But there's just – I don't really know if he actually can play legitimately like vertical well. And for a guy that does have a notable wingspan, I just don't really see him able to use it well enough for it actually to be impactful is the problem. And as we've talked about, I think the reason for giving him this deal is to just give him this offseason and kind of see where you can work on it. Um, I, I get the rationale. I mean, I'm not, I'm yeah. not denying that. But and I, I think you make a good and, point. And he's like, only 23, as, as you've said. Mm-hmm. So objectively, it's it's understandable. But I just think, like, there's maybe a possibility that the Cavs could draft a big, too. And I'd just rather, like, if, if you maybe trade down, like, if Kai Jones is there, it's like, I'd much rather bring him in because there is tangible traits there. With Kevin oh, Haley, yeah, there's sure. not. And. I guess it's just like basically to bring him into camp, whatever. So we'll see. And the beauty of this deal is if you draft a Kai Jones or an Evan Mobley or whoever, you can cut Kevin Gilly and not have to pay him anything, you know, the next couple seasons. Yeah, it's pretty much like an employment at will. So Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I think you make a good point, Dan, with the Dean Wade comparison as to like there was definitely like you could see what it was that Dean Wade was going to be able to do if he reached his peak. And I, I kind of agree that we're not exactly sure what Kevin Gailey's, like, well, I just don't really is going to be. I don't really think Kevin Gailey is that athletic. That's well, he's I just, not. He's, I don't think he is either. Um, a little bit a little bit bigger, but kind of reminds and me I'm of, like, saying, like for, a, for a five, that's kind of a problem. It is. Build-wise, uh, a little bit bigger, but reminds me of, Gershon Yabusele a couple of years ago in Boston. That's fair. Um, I don't know if you guys remember him, but just, you know, a, a sort of similar build. Yabu, <laughs> the dancing bear. But um, anyway, I think the, the rebounding is there. I think, you know, he can be a solid rebounder on both ends. Like you said, the wingspan, whether he figures out how to use it or not, will be, you know, to be determined, I guess. But that gives him at least, you know, the hope that he could become a rebounder. Um, and then I think... Again, just the hope that he can provide some floor spacing element is, you know, the other hope to, you know, as a way to keep him on the floor, or at least get him on the floor in spurts. Um, Robbie, what have you thought of Kevin Gailey up to this point? Do you, did you like the signing to a multi-year deal? Yeah, and like you guys have said, it makes sense, especially since it's non-guaranteed. Uh, if, uh, like Dan said, if they take a big this off season, you can just get rid of him and it doesn't cost you anything. But reading what some of the coaches have had to say, um, he's going to be a developmental big man. And again, as we've said with Thomas, as we said with Martin, it's just they're trying to bring in players who have some semblance of talent and just hoping that they fit, hoping that they stick. Um, he, he does have potential, like you guys have said, with the wingspan, it's there. He did block, I think, 56 shots his last year in college, so the shot-blocking traits are there. I, I just think he's got to be able to figure out how to use his length to block shots, to get rebounds, all that. Because um, 
like you guys said, if you're 6'9", 6'10", 250 pounds, and you're not really athletic and you don't know how to use your wingspan, then what are you really doing? Um, Yeah, it's definitely worth a shot. And to develop him, um, the Dean Wade comparison was a good one. Um, If they can develop him this offseason, get some work in, um, and if he can turn into a backup guy who gives you eight to ten minutes a night, has shot blocking capability, that's all you can really hope for. But they're definitely – I mean, I, I don't know his definite long-term fit on this team. It's definitely more of a guy who you know, work with this offseason, try him out the first handful of games next season. If it doesn't work, cut bait, move on. But – I don't have a huge issue with it just because, like we've all said, it's you can get rid of him if things don't end up well. So uh, it's a low-risk, high-reward signing, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's practically no risk, really. I mean, you're, right, the only right. risk is that you're risking the roster spot this offseason. That's, that's right. really it. Yeah. And I think another thing is it's not like the Cavaliers are going to be once healthy, which you, you hope that they come into next season healthy. Right. They're not going to be relying like heavily on Calvin Gailey. You know, exactly. the, the assumption is that they re-signed Jared Allen. We'll see what that number is. Uh, we'd like to think that they'd also be able to bring back Hartenstein. Yeah. He's uh, been, even, even if he's they, been good. yeah. And even if they don't, I mean, you could go out and get another center. It's not like you're going to be relying on heavy Calvin Gailey minutes next season. You, if you, if you like the direction that he's going, even if he's not ready, you know he shouldn't have to play a big role even next season to where you can just you can keep developing developing him again if you think he's going in the right direction. So right. again, I, I don't even know if it's a high reward move; it's a moderate reward move. Yeah, but there's, there's no reason there's no reason not to make it. I mean, right, right, I agree. You, you just you see what you have, and that's that's kind of what we've been saying with everything. This, that's, that's what you got to do season. at this point. Jeremiah Martin, Broderick Thomas, um, Fiondu Kevin Gailey. That's that's what you're doing is just seeing what you have in guys and seeing if anybody has any viability to stick long term. Yeah, exactly. I guess that leaves us with Anderson Verge out to talk about. Um, <laughs> the wild thing's back. The wild thing is back. The Cavaliers are – well, they're going to sign. They have not signed yet. Uh, Anderson Verge out to – it was originally reported a rest-of-season deal. It's looking more like it's going to be a 10-day now. Uh, it was kind of confusing at first because the the Verizon news came out right after they announced they were signing Kevin Gale. So at that point, we had a full roster. We didn't really know how it was going to work. Uh, if they were going to waive someone, you know, were they going to not sign Kevin Gale? Were they going to waive Dotson? Were they going to do something else? But we have kind of the plan as to what they're going to do here. So with all of the injuries that the Cavaliers have right now, uh, they will soon be able to apply for a hardship exception, and they will probably be granted. Uh, again, a hardship exception is if four or more guys are out for more than two weeks, um, and they you expect them to continue to be out, um, you are eligible to sign. Well, you're basically granted another roster spot uh, in which you can sign You know any player that is a free agent. And with... Tarian Prince, Dylan Windler missing the rest of the season, Larry Nance missing the rest of the season. And then, as I kind of noted earlier, Fedor suggested that, you know, Del Vadova might just be out the rest of the way as well. There's your four guys. Uh, we'll have to see what happens with Lamar Stevens or Isaiah Hardenstein. Again, we just don't know. Um, 
you know, with concussions, how long that'll last. We've seen with Delhi how long concussions can last. And even Jarrett missed, you know, quite a bit of time. So either way, we will one of those guys you gotta think is gonna be out for an extended period. Uh, it seems likely that it's Delhi. So the Cavaliers have decided to go the nostalgia route and bring back 38-year-old Anderson Verigel, which I think took everybody by surprise. Yes. Um, yes. Da- what did you first think when you saw the signing? And as you've kind of gotten the context to it, do you like it? Do you like the idea of it? Um, I guess, sure. Um, <laughs> I guess we're at the point in the season where Anderson Verigel is getting a 10-day farewell tour. I, I guess Anderson Verichau gets a farewell tour, too. Um, okay. Um, you would think the farewell tour is, is maybe like a tad late um, in this way, but uh, like, can Anderson Verichau even play at the local Y? I, I don't... I have no clue. Well, I think um, he was playing overseas... Or not overseas, but he like was, in Brazil. Well, he, he was playing in Brazil, Brazil yeah. So, um, I, I don't know what... I, I don't know... If Anderson Verjao can move, I, I really couldn't tell you, um, especially given all the injuries that he had. Uh, this should be interesting, I guess. Um, maybe there will be Verjao wigs back. I, I don't know what the deal is there, but I guess uh, it's something to quote-unquote look forward to in this last batch of games. I, I guess, you know, at this point, you're not playing these games to win anyway, so why not throw Verjao out there, I guess, is my kind of thought on it. Um, I don't know. I think it, it's a good way to just kind of, again, just let some some longtime fans be nostalgic as to, you know, the, the good old days with Anderson. Um, I think it'll be a good way to kind of mend some relationships for those that may not be happy with him joining the Warriors. Um, we can say that, you know, he's he's not retiring a Warrior. He can retire a Cavalier, which is, I think, you know, if you're able to do it, why not? Again, especially at this point where what else are you really playing for? Like, what does it even matter if he gets beat every time off the screen and, you know, can't, like you said, Dan, can't move? I just um, hope he doesn't get hurt. For his- I, I hope he doesn't get hurt. Yeah, that, that would not be fun. Maybe but, we should um, let Verichau coach a game, too. That would actually be great. Might as well. I'd like to see that. Let him play or coach a game. What the hell? Why not? Robbie, what do you, what do you think of, of bringing in Verichau? Are, are you a fan of the move? I don't have a huge issue with it. Like you guys said, it's let fans have have remember him from... I mean, because let's be honest, after LeBron left the first time, and before the Cavs drafted Kyrie, like, Anderson Verjao was, like, the only draw that team had for a solid, like, year and a half. And you had the people that got the wigs. I think they set the world record for most, wi- like, wigs worn in a one time. And, like, he's a guy that fans loved and... We hated when he joined the opposition, especially in those runs to the finals and seeing him with the Warriors and being friendly with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. It it, it just didn't sit well with me. And to have him back with the team, uh, even if it's just to sit on the bench, maybe play five or six minutes, 
it's cool. This team isn't going to – I mean, we've said it. This team's not going anywhere. To give the fans a little nostalgia for five or six games is kind of cool. Um, I was a huge fan of his just because he, he brought energy. Yeah, he flopped all the time, but he's an energy guy. And, like, LeBron loved him. Um the fans obviously loved him, and I, I don't expect anything from him. So just to see him back to finish his career with the Cavs, where he played well over 10 years or about 10 or 11 years, was I think it'd be cool. Uh, fun fact real quick, Anderson Verizow is still being paid $1.9 million by the Trailblazers this year where the Cavaliers traded him and he was then waived, which allowed him to join the Warriors. <laughs> wow. Uh, they waived him, stretched him, and this is the last year that they will be paying him, the exact number, uh, $1,913,345. Wow. Um, Robbie, quick question. Which hair is better, Anderson Verzow or Jared Allen? Oh, that's a tough question. Man, go with the fro or go with the Anderson Verzow luscious locks, huh? Man, that's a tough question. I don't know if I can answer that. They Dan, both you want to chime really in? Good, they really got a good set of hair. I, I, I don't know if I could pick one. I think I'm going to go with the fro. I'm, I'm going fro. I'm going Jared Allen. Absolutely, we'll go fro. Um, it's the just, fro? it's just, it's just such a like, like coffee black like throwback. And, <laughs> yeah, and the fact that he can play with that hair and like it doesn't get in his way and. It adds. He's a shop blocker, so definitely it adds to that. Right, right. Yeah, they both got a good head of hair. I honestly don't know if I could pick one. Uh, we're gonna have to see if the Cavs ever do something to where they can get twenty thousand fans to wear uh, <laughs> Jared Allen wigs. Maybe they can break their own record or something. I don't know. Maybe sure. we can. I mean, down the stretch of the season here, maybe we can get both. Heaven Why not? Where, you Give know, you just half the half fans, fans one half. Yeah, exactly. Verizon mops. Mm. Half the fans get Allen wigs. I'd I, like to see it. I, yeah, think I we love should it. Do Why it. not? Can make yeah. some money that way if you're the Cavs. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you're never going to get an other opportunity. I don't think Verizon will be coming back next season. So yeah, take advantage of the ten days say. while you have them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we got a little bit of time here left. Uh, I-, I wanted to propose one free agent to you guys, or I guess I should say potential free agent, just someone who, as I've been thinking about him more so lately, uh, I think THT. I've kind of talked myself into No, not THT. Um, no, 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 not THT. That's the one that all Cavs fans want, or at least from what I see on Twitter want. I don't yeah, understand I mean, why people want a non, another, another small guard. Another non-shooter. Why? Because <laughs> he looks good when he plays alongside Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Yeah, probably. Well, I am going to propose a non-shooter, and I will preface it by saying if the Cavs draft a non-shooting wing, uh, thinking Jonathan Kaminga, Jalen Johnson, Scotty Barnes, uh, then you probably don't go this route. But in the event that they don't, uh, somebody who, I don't know, I like the idea of is Justice Winslow who is with the Grizzlies right now, uh, has struggled this year, uh, obviously still dealing with injuries and, you know, just inconsistencies with that, has a $13 million player option for – or not player option, a $13 million team option for next year, which if I had to guess right now, I would say would probably be turned down by the Grizzlies. You'd have to think that would be turned down by the Grizzlies, especially with all the young talent they've got down there. 
Mm-hmm. You don't have to say probably. No, I think you do have to say probably. I think there's still a chance. Um, he's Again, he's been struggling to score the ball greatly this year. Um, but I think the rationale is just a very, very multi-dispositional defender um, who can play really kind of one through four. Right. I don't think that you want to run him a ton at point guard. I, I, and he had success in that role in Miami. But I think, especially like if you were to find a way to get off of Jetty Osmond's money this offseason, I think it would make even more sense because he could kind of fill that role. He could basically yeah. be Jetty Osmond as the playmaker, uh, the kind of playmaking wing, except he can guard one through four like without issue at all, and even like five in some matchups. So... Yeah, I know you probably. I, I know the non-shooter stick is is here, and I understand that. But can you at least see the rationale for targeting a guy like Justice Winslow? Oh, I'll let Robbie give his take first. Okay. Um, I mean, I could definitely see it. Um, your point about, I mean, I, I he might be an upgrade over Osmond. Like he's not as good of a shooter as you said, but the defensive versatility I think is what's attractive um we have plenty of scores on this team um and I mean really your main defensive guy is Okoro and yeah and it would take like a little to, pressure off him for sure and I could definitely see them playing together maybe down the stretch if you need to stop yeah, I. That's a suggestion that I think could work. Um, his offensive liability in terms of shooting the ball might hurt, but as a backup, maybe come off the bench, be that defensive guy, like you said, take some pressure off of Okoro. Uh, yeah, I, I could definitely see a role for him here. Uh, that's not a bad suggestion by you, Justin. I guess you know he, he kind of would fit into the not exactly Lamar Stevens mold, but he could kind of do the same thing uh, to where you know kind of just a defensive minded non shooter off the bench. Which again I understand, but um, I just think and obviously like Justice Winslow like you, there's no other way to get around it has struggled this year a lot and has struggled a lot with injuries over the past you know season and a half, it, it, two seasons essentially. I mean with with the bubble it was weird. But, you know, someone who was thought of very highly, like, entering the bubble before he got hurt, um, I think that there, there could be something to, like, he just needs to get fully healthy. And, you know, we could kind of see him take a leap. I, I still believe in Justice Winslow as a player. I just think, again, someone who could play off the bench minutes next to Sexton and kind of take a playmaking burden off of him. Uh, just as, you know, another... And it would be a bigger wing to where you're not having two small guards out there. Um I just I like the defensive versatility and I like the ball handling from a bigger wing and I think you know the scoring is like clearly a problem but I think it could get better than what it is right now. And yeah. I think like the Cavaliers being a team that will have you know a mid-level available to them uh again assuming that you know his 13 million gets turned down I would not hate the idea of targeting a guy like that. Yeah, I don't hate it. Your turn, Dan. I get the rationale. Um, yeah, the defensive versatility is is a, a big seller. I, I guess if you were to get get a draft a guy, say like a Jalen Green or um, like a Keon Johnson, I, I like I, I guess I get it. 
Um, but I, I just, I, I actually really like Winslow as a roller when he's used in that way. I think he does has a lot of success. I think his, um, we haven't seen it a ton this year, um, but um, before, like when they, when that was the case with him, I thought he did a good job. Um, but the the injury concerns really are, are a big no no for me. That's that's kind of like a no bueno. Um, but yeah, I, I get in theory what you're getting at. Um, but to me, I, if like with like an MLE guy, I'd rather get a guy that's like like I know is a proven like frankly like bucket. Um, just because this team, I don't, I'm like, I really can come back to Patty Mills. That could be a really good guy for us. Um, just his, his spark plug, plug shooting capabilities. Um, and can, can play make some too. Um, but with Winslow, I just question, I don't really know what he can do without the ball in his hands. I, I think he pretty much has to be a one or honestly like a four. That's mostly a roller and kind of a just kind of pick it or like a, a pop pass kind of guy you get it to. Or I meant to say pocket pass guy that can kind of secondary play make off that. Um, but other than pick and roll, I, I just don't really know if there's any viability with him at all whatsoever offensively. And if you're uh, if you're going to go out and sign him to an MLE, um, you think he's I would think he has to play like 17 minutes a game at least. Um, and also with Dylan Miller, yeah, I, say so. um, I don't think he could play at all with, with Isaac, Isaac Okoro on the floor. I, I just question that. Um, can he play with Larry Nance? I don't know. Maybe he can. I think he could play with um, I, I think he probably could because both of them are very good passers. Um, but I just, I just question his ability to play the three with these, with this Cavs team. Um, very contingent on being able to get a guy with like, that's a primary scorer, frankly. Um, like a Jalen Green, I, I think. Yeah. Um, I maybe think that, maybe yeah. he could play with Evan, Evan Mobley. Like that'd be an interesting kind of like four or five combination at times. Um, but in settled offense, um, really good transition player. But in settled offense with these Cavs, I, I just really question that. And that's fair. And I, I think that that is a, a legitimate question that would probably it, it takes you know, a lot of offensive creativity out of JB, and I, I don't know if JB has. We that. have yet. Yeah. We <laughs> we haven't seen that creativity from JB to especially if you well, are getting into. Can, I guess I didn't even think about is Tory Prince as well. I think you could play with Tory and Prince. I don't see a problem there. Like I think like that's the value of having a guy like Justice. Is I think you can kind of play him next to basically anybody. I can understand Isaac Okoro just because of the non-shooting factor, but like you can well, play just, him next to Tarian and Larry. Like you can do that. <laughs> Ugh. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, I buy into Nance's shooting. I, I think the progression has been there, but he still – that's two guys on the floor that are not impact shooters. And with him, like, he can't even make free throws right now. And I don't Right think now, but I think I you can think, recover from that. I don't know. Okay, I think the inconsistencies of this season know. and – Is he like, ever going to be healthy? Hurt, is he ever going to be And that's, the, that's a question. That's a question that, you know – But as if a, you're signing a guy in the MLE – we have enough injury issues already. Like there have been, there have been three seasons that really he's like not even like, like it's been a nothing, for, in terms of injuries. Like that's that's not good. And he's already, he's only twenty four. It's not going to get better. I think he's twenty five, isn't he? So I guess uh, I mean I'm well, only. Well, he he turned he turned twenty five in March. So yeah. Okay, so twenty five, but 
I just think like it's it that's just gonna get better or it's just gonna get worse before it's better. I don't know because his game is so reliant on physically taxing style of play. Like he, mm-hmm. he just can't he can't shoot the ball like at all. Like there's no semblance of it. If, if and it's can, not like they don't have playmakers around him, and in, in, he's actually in a really good spot for it. So I think I, I don't really think I he's. I, I don't see him as a nice fit next to Jaw, which again I think just kind of lack of shooting can be problematic, especially when you're talking about another guy who needs the ball in his hands. Uh, I just I don't see him returning to Memphis. I think the Cavaliers could make some sense. I just uh, and I think. I well, think it comes down to the injury concerns. If you can, if if you feel confident, and again, we don't have access to medical records and everything, but if you can feel confident that he can stay healthy, I would like the idea. To me, he's he's like a he's like a darn near minimum guy at this point. I don't know if he's minimum. He's definitely above minimum. Maybe you don't give him the full mid level, but. I he provides like serious value as a defender and as a playmaker. Like that guy is still worth something. Yeah, he's worth something. I, I'm just thinking, like, to me, to go out and get free agent X, whatever. It's a non. Like, I'm just completely turned off on non shooters at this point. Like with Scotty That's Barnes, fair. I get That's it fair. because he's 19 and he's like a jumbo playmaker and has is almost 6'10. So like that, I get. And he has rare, like Justin Winslow has a nice vision. He has rare vision, and I, I just don't see any, I, I just don't see any way you're better offensively with him on the floor for extended stretches. That's the problem. That's fair. Anything else from either of you before we before we wrap it up here? Any any ideas or any any thoughts you got to get off your mind? No, I think we've pretty much covered it all. Who do the Cavs have next? What is their next game? They play Phoenix, I think? They do play Phoenix next. So how much are the Cavs going to lose to Phoenix by? Any guesses? I guess it depends on who plays for Phoenix now that they officially clinched a playoff spot. I mean, I know they still got to play for seeding. I think uh, they're going to keep fighting for seeding. Yeah, for sure. So who knows? They got them. They got uh, Phoenix and then Portland back-to-back. So, uh, wow. You get – you – might get torched by Devin Booker one night and then Lillard the next night. So uh, might be another couple rough games. <laughs> <laughs> it might be another couple rough games. Dan, um, are the Cavs going to keep it under 20 points against Phoenix? That's what we'll have uh, Absolutely on. not. No, absolutely I, not. I, yeah, that's I, tough. I'm going to say Phoenix my... is such a fun team to watch. My prediction for now, they'll probably take the call off the dogs. I'm going to say it's one, one eighteen to a cool one eighteen to ninety three. I, I was going to the... say one nine or one twenty six to ninety eight. Yeah, I, I that's fair. Don't see how Phoenix doesn't score at least like a hundred and twenty, hundred twenty five points in this game. I think they'll I mean, have – they'll definitely have, I would say, 95 after three quarters. That seems about right. Yeah. Their schedule down the stretch, just looking at this, I mean, my goodness, they play Phoenix, Portland, the Mavericks twice, Indiana, who just beat Oklahoma City by 100 last night, um, <laughs> Boston, Washington, and then the Nets. Wow. We're going to beat Boston, I'm going to say. 
they do seem to pull out one of those weird like upset games every once again. So that's that's yeah, I I wouldn't put it past them to win one of those, especially since a lot of these games are at home. Like I think five of the next six are at home, so they could think, they might be Dallas. Who knows? I think if we beat Boston in that game, Brad Stevens should have to be fired right after it. He shouldn't be able to walk out of the gym. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't be should be done. Do you guys remember when there was a debate whether? You would take Brad Stevens Any or LeBron player James. in the NBA. Oh, yeah, Brad Stevens. I remember and that. I think that was voted Chris Mannix who started that one. He did, yeah. Oh, God, Chris Mannix. Oh, good. <sighs> yeah. Boston <laughs> Homer. One of Somebody, many. he needs like a, he needs like a new like hairdo too. Like I, like that like spiky hair, like what is this, like <laughs> 1998? Just a, he just has a lot of things wrong with him. I think the last time I had spiky hair, I was in like third or fourth grade. There you go. Back in like 2004, 2005. Chris Mannix, third or fourth grader. Seems <sighs> that's, what it, that's what it looks like to me when I think of spike hair. I think anybody over the age of like 17 that has spike hair really needs to... Uh, Steve Kerr, too. Re-evaluate. Ex- exactly. So. All right. Well, uh, with that, we will wrap it up. Uh, thank you, Dan. Thank you, Robbie, uh, for coming on. Always fun to talk to both of you. Uh, thank you, everyone out there, so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed, subscribe. Uh, if you're listening on Apple, leave a rating, leave a review. Uh, it helps out the show. And uh, can I just we'll say one last time? Yes. One last thing before we go, we're gonna have a fun uh, Sam Miko uh, recaps coming up. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is Amico. Before yeah, Amico was about to have a field day, an absolute field day about how the Cavaliers shouldn't have traded Kevin Porter and how they got nothing for Andre Drummond. He is going to write that in every single post-game recap Man, that he writes. The rest he's going to want Deion Waiters back, too. I'm so tired of the whole Kevin Porter thing. I, I don't want to go on a five-minute tangent here, but just every time Kevin Porter Jr. plays well, I see these hacks on Twitter like, oh, the Cavs messed up by trading Kevin Porter Jr. It's like they don't even realize how many – strikes they gave this guy before that like it's not like they just up and traded him after the first blow up there was like seven or eight things that led up to that it just it just infuriates me like people are trying to make make the calves out to be idiots because they just traded the guy it's like go back and look at what he did leading up to that like the calves had no other option there was a reason he was passed over twenty nine times. Right, it, it, it just it just infuriates me when I see people. Oh, the you need to admit the Cavs screwed up by taking or by letting Kevin Porter Jr. go. It's like no, it just that's something that sticks in my craw. Just yeah. every time that comes up. Three things that you will see in every single Amico Cavs article: uh, the Cavs have to make a decision on whether they want to keep Garland or Sexton. Um, the Cavs made a mistake in Kevin Porter, and how could you trade Andre Drummond for nothing? Or how could you not trade a Drummond for anything? I guess I what I should have said. They just let Drummond go for nothing, and they let Kevin Porter go for nothing. Yep. Uh, three staples of every single Amico. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, I guess with that, we'll get out of here. Uh, thanks again to both of you. Appreciate it. Thanks and, for having uh, us, Justin. Yeah, yeah we will talk it, to always. you next time. Hey everyone, the NBA season is underway and there's no better way to celebrate than with Thrive Fantasy, the daily fantasy sports app for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in each sport. All you have to do is pick 5 out of the 10 player prop options to build your lineup 
Each prop has a fantasy point of total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a portion of the prize pool. Thrive has awarded over $2 million in prizes since launching in 2018 and will be awarding thousands more this NBA season. So download the Thrive Fantasy app today or visit thrivefantasy.com to get started. Use the promo code KLOVE, that's K-L-O-V-E, like Kevin Love, when you sign up and you will receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Sign up and prop up today. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.